Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, you're listening to Being a Leader Live with Brenda Baird, a radio show about leadership. Whether you're a first-time manager or a seasoned executive, this show will get you thinking about the essential skills a leader must master. I'm your host, Brenda Baird, and each episode of Being a Leader draws on my 35-plus years of experience in building teams and leading people to get work done. This show offers practical solutions, personal coaching, and creative new ways of thinking about some common leadership challenges. Along with doing this radio program, I'm a certified professional coach and energy leadership master practitioner. My coaching practice serves organizations, emerging talent, managers, teams, and individuals. If you or your organization is looking for innovative support to help employees reach their full potential, check out my website, brindabairdcoaching.com, for a complete list of my programs and services. Today's topic is about time. We're going to preview my new ebook called Leadership Time Trap. The ebook provides a different perspective about time so you can reduce stress and get more done with less effort. I'd love to get your questions about time, so call into the show at 646-716-9397 and press 1 to get in the queue. Share your thoughts with me about time or ask me a question. Now, if you're not able to call in, you can send your questions to Brenda at BrendaBairdCoaching.com. Okay, so imagine you were given the gift of an extra hour every day. You could use the time of day when you're at your best, when you're operating at high energy and not fatigued and stressed, is at its lowest. You would use, how would you use that 25th hour? Well, chances are at some point in your professional life, you've taken a time management class or a book about time. You may have purchased some sort of electronic device or paper-based planner to organize, prioritize, and schedule each day. And even with all of this knowledge and the handy gadgets, you still find yourself asking, why do I feel like I can't get everything done? Well, most people don't have enough time despite all the talk about time management and the unique time savers we've all embraced, the reality is our time crunches have nothing to do with the hours in a day, and they have everything to do with our thoughts about time. The cause of our time challenges can be linked to powerful human tendencies, tendencies like procrastination, letting our attention shift from topic to topic, perfectionism, and believing we're the only ones who can do it right. These thoughts can consciously dominate our mind, it drains our energy, and can produce some powerful bad habits. 
Overcoming the pattern of these bad habits isn't easy, but by putting a little light on our thoughts about time and how we use time, we can conquer this dilemma and create an action plan to change our time-wasting behaviors. You know, during my life as a mother of two very busy children, a small business owner and a corporate leader, I've experienced the challenges of time. I completely understand trying to set goals and then struggling to develop strong, stress-free time management skills in order to get it all done. After experiencing my own level of burnout and stress, my effort to attend to a broad range of responsibilities and working to get more done with less required me to really examine time in a different way. My old way of dealing with time was using gadgets, and that only seemed like one more thing to keep organized. So as a result, I had to ask myself a few really tough questions about time, about my habits, and take a look at this thing that we call time. I questioned, what is time? Why is it so hard to master? How could I use my time to my advantage? Where am I wasting my time? I didn't know how others were doing it, but it seemed like I couldn't get anything done. Well, the answer I found to why we can't get everything done is really simple. You just can't. Not you, not me. No one can get everything done. My thoughts about that were, well, great. Now what? Because I still need to get things done, right? <laughs> you see, everything I ever learned about managing time was based managing a calendar, an electronic device, or a gadget. If there was a method, I tried it. I purchased the newest smartphone, paper planner. I organized my Outlook task list. I had beautiful cover colors for every type of task. I searched for any way to track the to-do list. And although I thought I was ultra-organized, I still felt overburdened and stressed at the growing things I needed to tackle each day. Plus, keeping that planning method under control was just that one more thing. My new ebook, Leadership Time Trap, provides an opportunity to learn from my personal journey and take a look at your own time habits and conquer the thoughts you have about time. Together, we will create a personal action plan to change time waste behaviors. This ebook will help you know what those time, top time wasters are and show you ways to change your, your perspective so that you have more time each day. On today's show, we will preview the content of Leadership Time Traps, but watch for more details because I'm going to have a free webinar on this subject in early November. You could attend this free webinar and you'll get a copy of Leadership Time Traps, which includes numerous worksheets, action plans, and logs for helping you to overcome your thoughts and challenges with time. Now remember, if you have questions or comments about today's topic, call into the show at 646-716-9397 and press 1 to get in the queue. I'd really love to hear from you. Now before I could ever begin to master time, I needed a clear understanding of what time is. Webster's Dictionary defines time as a point or a period in which time occurs. And put simply, time is when stuff happens. And I thought, when stuff happens, 
well, that doesn't really help me to get a grasp on time. So I rolled up my sleeves and I began documenting and analyzing this powerful force called time. I had to get real about what I was telling myself about my own time challenges. I talked to other professionals about their challenges, and I compiled a list of possible new choices I could make when managing my time. My first discovery is we all tend to waste time in the same way. What I found is no matter where you live in the world or what role you have in an organization, there is a powerful force of human nature that pulls at every one of us. And as with all areas in our lives, we have choice in this matter. So it is logical to say, as it relates to time, we can go with the flow of human nature and be at the effect of time, or take a good hard look into the face of our time thoughts and behaviors to see how they affect our time habits and the effect they really have on our jobs and our lives. I decided to change. I confronted my feelings and thoughts and limiting beliefs to create a new message about time. And you can change too. Together today, we will take a look at a few of these solutions for doing just that. Now, time is very important, and we only get so much of it. As I examined my thoughts and feelings about time, I could see that it was really driving my time habits. There's an old saying, as your time goes, so goes your life. Every action and every thought uses time. By placing a low value on time, you place a low value on your life. We only get one life, so let's spend that time wisely. I found to take control of my day, I needed to take control of my self-management of time. I discovered there are actually two types of time, clock time and real time. Clock time, here's what that means. There are 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, and 365 days in a year. All time passes equally, and we all get the same amount each day. And since each of us has the same amount of time, but never feel like we have enough time, we need to make a commitment to value our time. Choose how we're going to use our time well, and eliminate the time waster that gets in the way of the life we choose. Now that was clock time. There's also real time, where all time is relative. Time actually flies or drags depending upon what you're doing. Two hours at the DMV can feel like an entire day, yet two hours at an activity we love, time seems to fly by. So ask yourself this question. What type of time do you think you normally live by? Real time or clock time? Well, I'm here to tell you, if you're running from meeting to meeting every day, no break to eat or even use the bathroom, most likely you're in clock time. And the reason time management gadgets and systems don't help in this challenge is the systems are actually designed to manage clock time. And for the purposes of managing our life, clock time is irrelevant. We don't live in or even have access to control clock time. We live in real time, in a world in which all time flies when you're having fun and drags when you aren't. Now, the good thing is, real time is conceptual. It's all in our heads. We create it. 
and with anything we can create, choose how to use it. Today's workplace is so fast paced and full steam ahead all the time. The common phrases I would hear around meeting tables, the meetings I've attended anyway, is my workload is too heavy. I don't have enough staff. I don't have the resources I need to get things done. All of these comments emphasize being at the effect of time. Now I get it, said it myself. And the hard truth is how you attend to those 24 hours in your day is the difference between being a leader and being a strong leader. Peter Drucker reminds us of this with his quote, efficient is doing a job well, effective is doing the right job well. Well, here's how I've interpreted what Peter Drucker said. Doing the right job starts with removing the traps that can be self-sabotaging, or self-limiting. A leader must start by centering on the thoughts they have around not having enough time and the thoughts they have that today isn't the right time to start a certain task. This type of thinking can really negatively impact our leadership effectiveness. Your thoughts about time may prevent you from taking action on pressing priorities or avoiding a conversation with an employee about a performance concern. It can have severe adverse consequences on your patience with others, both at home and at work. Not to mention, work-life balance always feels out of balance. Here's the second thing I discovered during my analysis, that there are actually three ways to spend time. We spend time on thoughts, dialogues, and activities. And regardless of your role at work or at home, your time is spent on one of these three ways. So let's take a deeper look at the first way we use time, which is our thoughts. Thoughts, our most powerful motivator to action or instigator of delay. <laughs> generally, our thoughts are used for thinking, producing ideas, intentions, expectation setting, or reasoning through a problem. This is part of that practice of self-management. Now, during true self-reflection around your thoughts, you may find yourself complaining about not having enough time. I'll never get this done on time, you might say. How do they expect me to do all of this work? Now, when this happens, your thoughts are driving you to a place of high stress and mental exhaustion. To overcome this hamster wheel of thoughts that energy in a way that is not so constructive, we need to set clear goals and establish priorities. If we don't choose to take the time to plan, the force of human nature is sure to take over. And if you live at the effect of time, then human nature can pull you to doing the easiest things first, and the easiest things are not always the most important. Now, it may seem quite obvious that the place to start is by managing ourselves with goals and priority settings to help determine whether our daily activities are making any sense in accomplishing our trap priorities. So here's what you need to do as you're thinking about this. You should ask yourself, what do you want? Once you know what you want, you can determine which actions you must carry out to reach your goals. Now prioritize the activities. Determine your number 
number one priority and get it done first. The human temptation will be to get the small and easy, unimportant things done first, so then you can cross them off your list. I'm telling you, if you do this at the end of your day, without ever starting your most important priority, the result is you will be stressed, frustrated, and saying to yourself, there just isn't enough time in the day. See how that works? So here are a few questions to ask yourself while mastering self-management of your thoughts. What is the most effective use of my time right now? What is most important to me right now? How will I feel after achieving this goal? And how will I celebrate my achievement? What adjustments do I need to make to be better aligned and balanced? The second way that we use time is in dialogue. Good written and verbal communication is critical to a productive workplace. So prior to any important conversation, ask yourself these questions. What do I really need for myself in this interaction? What do I really want for others? And what do I really need for the business? And when you've finished communicating, ask yourself, what did I accomplish? Did I get what I needed for myself, for others, and the business? What kinds of adjustments do I need to make to improve? By doing this, you will set yourself up for success. Now, the third way we use time is in activities. And, you know, that's really defined by the process of doing something. An important step in self-managing time is identifying the activities that bring you closer to your goals. Book those activities on your calendar and hold them sacred. You may have heard the phrase, 20% of your efforts bring 80% of your results. Well, it's true. And so for the purposes of self-managing your time, you need to spend no less than 50% of your day producing the results that move you closer to your top priority. I asked myself, why is it so hard to master this thing called time? And the truth is, time wasters are a part of everyone's daily routine. The challenge is to identify them and then overcome them in order to become more productive and effective in your personal and professional life. Now, here's a list of some common time wasters, but you're going to want to make your own personal list of time, wa- time wasters. And in the ebook, I provide you with worksheets and uh, logs and ways in which to do that. But remember, when you're developing your own list of time wa- wasters, You have to be really honest with yourself. But here's a few common themes I found in my research. When people are planning, doing that first step of planning, here's some things that waste their time on. One is this endless information gathering before they can ever make a decision. Usually, they never have enough information, and so they're constantly delaying making the decision and moving on. And on the other end of the spectrum, making snap decisions based on insufficient facts. That's just creating a poor plan. Perhaps there's a lack of written priorities, meaning you've created a plan, but you haven't 
can identify what's the first thing I need to do, what's the most important thing I need to do. Also, folks, underestimate time unrealistically low. That is critical in a plan to estimate your time appropriately. And then the last thing is that so many people are running in crisis management all the time because they failed to plan and failed to plan for a contingency. Now here's some wasters just in managing self. A disorganized or cluttered desk. Now that also sounds like an obvious time waster, but if you could keep track of how often you're looking for a file you can't find, you're looking for a note that you wrote and it's nowhere to be found. I know I had it over here and it ends up stuck on another file and put away and you find it months later. It's things like that, that being disorganized with your records, disorganized with your workspace, a cluttered desk that can really waste time in your day. Procrastination, here's where some thoughts come into play. Procrastination is one of those things where more than likely you have a limiting belief about what it is that you need to do, the work in front of you, what could happen, what has happened in the past, and will it repeat itself. All these thoughts may sometimes prevent you from just doing it. And then there's lack of self-discipline to just stay with your top priority. You can get off track for a lot of different reasons, but that having the self-discipline to be on top of your priorities is a really crucial skill. Then there's perfectionism, again, where things have to be right. Tardiness and absenteeism. Impatience. And then refusing to accept help. All are time wasters when we think about managing self. Now, when we think about the environment in which we work in, Sometimes we can waste time with telephone interruptions or drop by visitors, noise or visual distractions within our workspace. We can also waste a lot of time if there's confusion about who has authority in a particular situation. And of course, working with incomplete information is one of the biggest time wasters of all. So as I've gone through these, which time waster could you most identify with? Preventing environmental forces that seem beyond your control is a challenge. The solution is to get on top of the details and deal with this crisis situation. This may mean learning how to delegate tasks, allowing others to handle more responsibility on the projects they're part of. And as the leader, when you do this, this leaves you with more time to manage a crisis should it occur and be more effective in other areas of your job. Now, I know life happens, and as with everything, there are times when things go wrong. Uh, we've heard some people call this Murphy's Law, right? <laughs> well, a great leader turns that mindset around and plans for the unexpected. So build in time for the unexpected. When it happens, Analyze it afterward. How could you handle the crisis better in the future? And what steps do I need to take to prevent this from happening again? My coaching clients often tell me their days are filled with frequent interruptions and they feel pulled in a million different directions. 
And while you can't eliminate interruptions, you do get to choose how much time you'll spend on interruptions, along with how much time you will spend on the thoughts, dialogues, and activities that will lead you to your success. To better help you, I've, I've identified what I call my top seven tips that I've used to beat the leadership time traps and overcome the challenge of getting it all done. Here's number one. Any activity or conversation that's important to your success should have a time, a realistic time, assigned to it. For example, if you need to meet with your boss or you need to meet with an employee in a one-on-one, -on -one, that time should be on your calendar and it should be held sacred. You should block it, the time, and prepare for these meetings in advance. And when you're in those meetings, you need to hold the meeting sacred as well. There's nothing worse than being an employee, attending a meeting with your boss. It's a one-on-one -on -one meeting and a phone call comes in and the boss picks up the phone and answers the call during what should be your one-on-one -on -one time. So let's talk a little bit more about meetings. They continue to be a real challenge when managing our time at work. So how can we make our time in meetings time invested and not just time spent? Well, for starters, you can think of meetings as needing to be results-oriented instead of activity-oriented on time and stay on the agenda. And if you get the agenda in advance and the items on there are not related to your area of responsibility or an area where you actually feel you can contribute, then you really need to consider whether you need to be in that meeting at all. The second thing is, again, plan to spend at least 50% of your time engaged in thoughts, activities, and conversations that produce the most results for your top priorities. You've heard that phrase, 20% of your efforts brings 80% of your results. Well, it's true. And so for the purposes of managing time, you should spend no less than 50% of your time producing the results that move you closer to your goal. Now three, Schedule time for those interruptions. Plan time to be pulled away from whatever it is you're doing. If you know you will get interrupted every Thursday afternoon from accounting between 1 and 3, then open your calendar up to be available for them. An example of scheduling other interruptions looks like creating an open-door schedule and then posting that time so your employees know that this is the time when your door is open and they can stop by without an appointment to ask questions or get clarification. That means keeping your door open for those quick check-ins. And if one of those check-ins requires a major conversation or perhaps a big decision to be made, then ask that person to schedule an appointment so that you can continue the conversation and so that you can be prepared. This open door time is another time that you need to hold sacred. What this does is help prevent some of the interruptions that you get on a daily basis. And it allows for your staff to ask questions and keep their work flowing. Four, take 30 minutes every day to plan your day. And don't start your day until you complete your plan. 
Now, I personally think doing this at the end of the day for the next day has, is very helpful. It's, it's how I've done it for years. And then in the morning, I review the plan and I sort of update it as needed. I have to be realistic with the time I need and I can afford to spend on any one thought, dialogue, or activity. Now, this I learned the hard way. I, you have to build in regular breaks. You have to build in your lunch time. And you also have to, as a leader, build in time for reflection. This lesson I learned the hard way. This eating lunch at your desk and not taking a, you know, a quick two-minute walk around the office to sort of clear your head really does add towards burnout and the effects of stress. I do my planning before I ever get into the office in the morning because inevitably if I try to sit and plan at my desk in the morning, ugh, sometimes I get interrupted and then the plan isn't as thoughtful as if I would have just taken the time before I ever hit the road to go to the office and think about what it is that I need to accomplish today. Five is take five minutes before every call, every email, or any conversation or task to decide what result do you really want to attain. You know, placing, receiving, and returning phone calls and emails is a very time-consuming task. Follow these best practices for using the phone and email as a time management tool, and I guarantee you that you'll be more successful. Be certain to prepare for a call. Have your materials ready and a list of the points you want to make before you ever pick up the phone or you ever place, send the email. Ask yourself these questions. What do I really want for myself in this interaction? What do I really want for others? And what do I really want for this relationship? And once you have your answers, what will I do with the results I get? Practice not answering the phone just because it's ringing and looking at emails just because the alarm went off that says you have an email in your inbox. Now, this doesn't mean that you never answer your emails and you, and you never answer a ringing phone. It means when you're holding time sacred to work on the most important thoughts, dialogues, and activities that are producing the most important results for your success, don't let an email or a phone call get in the way. You know, proper etiquette is, if you can't answer right away, respond within 24 hours, no later than 48 hours. And if you need more time to gather information, let the other person know that you'll get back to them and by when. Today, I think one email has been a fabulous uh, tool for communication, but I think it also has upped our communication volume. And at the same time, when we see an email come in, for a lot of us, we think we have to respond immediately because it's sitting there. And the answer is you really don't. So there are some rules around email that say you really could just check your email twice or three times a day. The rest of the time, you just shut it off and let it be. Anything that is more urgent than that, someone will come and get you. So block out other distractions is number seven. Things like Twitter, Facebook, and other forms of social media. Now for some people, these tools are actually a part of the tools that they use 
to accomplish their work. So I'm not talking to you folks specifically, but I'm talking to the rest of us who stay connected to our personal networks and our professional networks through these social media tools. And they are great tools, but if you're working on an important task, set your, your device to do not disturb. Turn the device over so you're not tempted to read any incoming messages. Now for working moms and dads, this is sometimes tricky because this is how school or daycare stays in touch with you with your children. So I'm not suggesting that you unplug yourself so far that your children may need you and you're not available. But the temptation is to look at every text from your friends or your coworkers, uh, and that can be quite you know, distracting as well as checking your Facebook feed. So as best you can, turn that device over or at least put it on vibrate. And here's another thing, more importantly than all, is just don't disturb others with random check-ins during the day. You know, socializing at work is an important part of working well together, but we really need to be respectful and limit the unnecessary interactions we make with other people. I remember in my corporate days, we had an instant messenger-like tool that was really great for asking quick questions of your colleagues, but oftentimes people would see that you were online and then constantly send you check-ins all day, uh, how are you doing, how is this, how is that, totally unrelated to work, and it really was quite a distraction. So be respectful of others, sort of limit those unnecessary interactions, or save them for the time when you know it's appropriate. So here's another discovery that I had. Employees and leaders that label themselves as poor time managers often have an underlying skill gap or a stalling behavior that actually is holding them black, back or blocking the employee from reaching their full potential. I'm gonna take a call. Uh, we have a caller here on the line, so hold on just a second. Caller with the last four digits of 1454, your mic is live, so please tell us your name and where you're calling from. Hi, Brenda. This is Estelle. I'm calling from Orlando, Florida. Hi, Estelle. It's really good to hear from you. Thank you for calling in. What's your question today? Okay. Well, this has been a great reminder of time management tips, and even though I've heard um, many time management tips before. It's always great to have these reminders. And one thing, I mean, that um, stood out to me that I'm still struggling with is um, procrastination. Now, what I learned from your talk is that I have become better at time management because a lot of the things you're saying I've implemented. So, for example, um, I do try to pri prioritize and do the most important things first. Um, and I try to implement the rule on what will create the most results. But my problem is being an entrepreneur and working from home, there's this one little uh, activity where I call it cleaning my house up. <laughs> yeah. I always pushed to the side. And I for some reason, with that particular thing, I have a really hard time holding that sacred of I, I put it in my calendar like, okay, I'm going to dedicate this time to cleaning up my house or organizing something specific. 
And then I always seem to find something that seems more important to do at the time. However, it really is like it, it, it bothers me that my house is not clean. Does that make any sense to you? I don't know if you can help with that. It really does. And so the question that I, that I might have for you is the value system, your value system about having a clean home and what that says about you. So when I said that, what came up? What, what's your value around having a clean house and what it says about you? Um, I mean, it definitely is something that I value. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it makes me feel good when the house is clean. It makes me feel like I have a clear focus on everything if the house can be clean. It makes yeah. me feel like I'm I can be I'm on top of everything. So mm-hmm. I mean I I understand it's a value, so I don't understand why that is something I always push off. Yeah. So you know one of the things we talk about with the time wasters is having a cluttered office or you know your files are not in order. But in this case, it feels more to me like it's a personal pull on house cleaning versus a work goal of accomplishing something. And even though you put it on your calendar, when it comes time to do the housework, what do you actually tell yourself in those situations? Well, I usually tell myself that um, it's more important that I respond to an email or that I read a certain article, um, something work like more business related is what I end up doing instead of cleaning the house. Mm-hmm. So how true is it then when we would say, for example, responding to emails or reading something educational for your job is more important than dusting or vacuuming? How true is that? Well, what I what I've realized in your call today is that I mean it is important to me that the house is clean because it's been bothering me that it's not. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm doing these other activities, I'm not really putting my full focus in it because I'm like, oh, I still need to do this and I still need to do that when I should just probably spend the time cleaning up a little bit so that I can focus on everything else. So on a scale of one to 10, Estelle, how confident are you that you would be able to place the house clean on your calendar and actually do that task? Well, I think since I'm talking to you about it, I'll probably be more likely to do it because it's making me realize how much it's causing me not to be able to do my best at other things because it's, you know, that thing, the thoughts in my mind are, you got to clean the house, you got to clean the house. So I think that making me realize it's a bigger priority than I thought. Yeah. I think there might be some opportunity to sort of focus in on that thought there about I really need to clean my house and that that's the priority, yet when it comes time to do it, it doesn't happen. 
And so mm-hmm. shedding some light on what you're actually really thinking about there. And if the house isn't clean, what's going to happen? How will you feel? What really is going to go wrong? Um, mm-hmm. Could possibly be beneficial. Yeah, I'm writing that question down so that I can (laughs) think more about about it. Yeah. This is a really good question, Estelle, because I think many people who actually work from home can relate to the fact that there's these personal things all around us and they are distractions, right? So I think it really can fundamentally go back right to step one where we're talking about establishing the priority for the day. Mm-hmm. So today's Tuesday and my priority for the day today is, could be read that article or make sure I'm caught up on my emails. I need to get that done in the morning and I need to do the house in the afternoon. And through your own thoughtful reflection about how important those two things are to you, to moving you closer to your number one priority or your goal, then how do I stay committed to that? And that's about that self-discipline of understanding what's going to move me to the place where I'm going to get closer to my goal. I might also throw in that sometimes when we feel overburdened and stressed with so many tasks to do, that you kind of go back to earlier in the program today where we talk about, is there some way to delegate these tasks? Share these tasks. Right. I have been thinking about that, too. Mm-hmm. Because it's something I don't enjoy doing. However, mm-hmm. like, I do like the feeling of of it being done. And it helps. I mean, I really can see if when the house is clean, I feel like I can be more productive mm-hmm. at other things. Yeah. I really call that being more present and and present, living our yeah. life and yeah, being more present in the moment, whether that is being present with family, being pre- present with our work, or even being present to clean the house. If cleaning the house, we're worrying about the email, and if we're doing the email and we're worrying about the house, that really is that state where there's sort of this lack of of clarity around what is it that I should be doing mm-hmm. that's going to make me successful. Yes. Yeah. That's a great question. I'm so glad you called in. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for that. All right. Thanks so much. And if anyone else has a question, they can actually call 646-716-9397. Thanks a lot, Estelle, for that really great question. We were actually talking about the other discovery that I had, and this is about when employees or leaders are actually labeled as poor time managers. And often when that happens, there really is an underlying skill skill gap or some sort of stalling behavior that's blocking the employee from really reaching their full potential. So focusing on self-awareness really help us identify the root cause for not meeting expectations, procrastination, or missing uh, deadlines. So Estelle's question came really at the right time in our show today because skills like delegation, making timely decisions, 
setting priorities can really be at the core of the problem. Now, it's not unusual to find sometimes individuals with perfectionist traits will struggle with time because nothing is ever completely right or finished or tidied up the way it should be. So when you're creating your plan of action about time, it is critical to know, understand who you are now, how you behave in certain situations, and where you want to be. Sometimes we get stuck there, and that's when a coach can help individuals to shift their perspective about time and to really get some different results. Also, to eliminate the stress. I think we all sort of heard from Estelle the sort of pull that she has about the things she needs to accomplish. And no matter what thing she was doing, she's thinking about the other thing. That can be really stressful and at the end of the day, really mentally exhausting. Now, there are employees who actually are unskilled at time management, and they can exhibit behaviors like becoming easily distracting, appearing disorganized, difficulty saying no, and may only be reactive to what's hot in the moment. They may not have a plan or a method for keeping their plans, you know, on track. And in this case, if you're trying to help an employee overcome that, it's best if you can find their strengths first. And typically, they may have strengths in other areas such as listening or problem solving or building strong relationships. How can you use those skills then to neutralize the effect of poor time management and to help that employee to improve their real time effectiveness? As I took a deeper look at time, I think it's also important to understand that you can actually over leverage time management skills. What I found is individuals who over leverage their time management skills, actually exhibit behaviors like appearing to be too busy all the time, can't find a moment to take a break. They may even appear impatient, and they may not give others the proper rapport time to build proper professional relationships. So managing time is an important skill for successful leaders to master because you cannot do all the work yourself. The work must be done with and through others. So without good time management skills, deadlines will be missed, teams won't be as productive as possible, and the leader may not be effective or efficient at getting things completed. You know, stress and burnout become real possibilities, and work-life balance is usually way out of balance when we don't manage our time, our self-time, correctly. My entire system of self-managing time can really be summarized, <clears throat> excuse me, in this way. Set goals and prioritize. That means write down the actions with deadlines to meet the goals. Replace your bad habits by doing a get real examination of your beliefs and thoughts about time. Like, there's never enough time to do anything. The demands on me are so great, I'll never get it all done. I need to be doing this, and I have to do this. Those kinds of thoughts that run through your head can really become blockers. So really doing a self-analysis about what it is you really believe and what messages are you telling yourself. And then once you've identified your top time wasters, correct them. 
use some of the strategies that I shared with you today. So if you find at the end of the day, your whole day's been filled with interruptions, remember, sometimes your doors open and then sometimes your doors close. And when you have closed door time to work on your thoughts, dialogues, or activities, hold that time sacred. So I hope that this show provided you with a few tips for reducing your stress and overcoming some of those leadership time traps. Follow me on social media or sign up for my newsletter at brindabairdcoaching.com because you won't want to miss my free webinar on time. And that's where you can get your copy of my new ebook, Leadership Time Traps. The book will be free, so I hope that you'll join me for that, um, that free webinar. And tune in this Friday, October 14th at 3 p.m., 2 p.m. Central, where we're going to have an encore live broadcast of Leading When You're Not the Boss. I've gotten a lot of feedback about that show and a lot of interest, so we're going to do it again live Friday, October 14th, right here on the Life Coach Radio Network. You know, listeners, I'm so passionate about people leadership and business development. If your organization is looking for an on-site program to take employee skills to the next level, please connect with me either on social media or my website, brindabairdcoaching.com. I can customize programs to meet the needs of both small and large organizations. I can also help individuals who find themselves challenged by some skills in leadership, whether it's time management or delegation or priority setting, and can help them individually with one-on-one coaching. So thank you for tuning in today. I look forward to being with you on October 14th. I think that's a wrap, Tommy. And so until next time, everybody, be safe and have fun. Bye.